0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Processions. I am reading today from a very important book to me in how wrong it is, Hegel's Phenomenology of Spirit. Um, I think of the works I've read thus far, this perhaps puts money on the left's vision for ontology and metaphysics in the sharpest relief. And I'm going to be thinking about the way Hegel thinks about law, and of course not law in the way that we would want to think about law and political economy here at Money on the Left, but natural law, a law of force, to use Hegel's terminology. And so I'm going to be reading from relatively early on. I, I like reading from premises, because I think it, it sets off in a sort of determined dialectical fashion to be imminent to Hegel's form here, the way argumentation spills outward. And so Reading from the Consciousness section of the Phenomenology of Spirit, this is page 90 of my Cambridge-Hegel translations, which is the newer translation of the Phenomenology of Spirit, I will read now. This defect in the law must in its own self be likewise brought into prominence. What seems to be lacking in it is that it admittedly has the difference in it, but it has it as universal, as an indeterminate difference. However, insofar it is not the law per se, but only one law, it has determinateness in it. As a result, there are indeterminately many laws present, yet this multiplicity is instead a defect. It contradicts the very principle of the understanding as the consciousness of the simple inner for which the true is the unity that is itself universal for that reason. It must instead let the many laws collapse together into one law. For example, the law according to which a stone falls and the law according to which the heavenly spheres move have been conceptually grasped as one law. However, in this collapse into each other, the laws lose determinateness. The law becomes ever more superficial. And as a result, what is found is not the real unity of these determinate laws, but rather one law which omits their determinateness in the way that one law, which unifies within itself, the law of bodies falling to the earth, and the law of heavenly movement, does not in a fast express either of them. The unification of all laws into universal attraction expresses no future content in that of the mere concept of law itself, which is posited as existing therein. Universal attraction only says this, everything has a constant difference with regards to everything else. In saying that, the understanding supposes that it has found a universal law which expresses universal actuality as such, but it has in fact only found the concept of law itself. Nonetheless, it has done so in a way that it says at the same time that all actuality is in its own self lawful. For that reason, the expression of universal attraction has to an extent, has to that extent great importance as it is directed against the unthinking representation for which everything presents itself in the shape of contingency and for which determinateness has the form of sensuous self-sufficiency. Universal attraction, or the pure concept of law, thereby stands over and against determinate laws. So there's obviously much to talk about here, but in this moment, right, we see a lot of things being juggled by Hegel. Importantly though, the main question is what is universality and how does it relate to law? Now we're talking about natural law here for Hegel, but law itself in the, its legal form for him, develops out of the law of force, develops dialectically through a process, of civilization into ultimately, of course, the state form. A historical movement, if you will. And so what Hegel is describing is this dialectical movement of difference folding into, being in contradiction with one. Now, oneness, of course, one law is university. This is literally what he says it is earlier in the Phenomenology of Spirit. And so this univocal need to eliminate difference as defect, right? To eliminate a multiplicity into a determinate concept of singularity is what guides all of Hegel's thought. And he, he's not, he doesn't love this. This is a problem. It's the problem of being for him, that there is a contradiction between universality and multiplicity. And this is dialectics. You, you hover for yourself, for others back and forth, right? At various scales in order to resolve and never resolve through resolution, right? Just posit again, a new contradiction. And he talks about the heavens, right? And how the laws of the heavens and the laws of the, the earth are at once distinct, but then are binded together in a unity of universal attraction, Of bodies falling to earth, of fallenness, of imminence. And this imminence, this zero-sum relation of force, is a guiding feature of his thought, and ultimately of Marx's thought coming out of him, and many many others. This movement is predicated on not only a lapsarian movement from the death of God, which is, of course, why Nietzsche is so obsessed with the, the imminence and the, this primal energy of becoming in the here and now, in the fallen world. But also, it's so Newtonian. Universal attraction, right? This is Newtonian, and, and it's important to say that like Hegel was incredibly influenced. I mean, at one point he talks about magnets and polarity, as his dialectical problematic. This is science, right? I mean, the science of history, the science of political economy. People call Marxism science for a reason. It's because of this Newtonian feature. And Newton's work also incredibly influenced the work of classical political economists and the way efficiency and balance are a necessity for mediating these violent interactions relationality as violence, as force, of, as sublation, as contradiction, as mediation of force, law as force, existence as force, multiplicity and difference as necessary, defect as lack, as damage that runs and guides history through its movement. This is all wrong. It's all premised on a univocal, unimplicated, independent, liberal subjectivity that is embedded in an imminent physicalist zero-sum world. Right? The physiocrats just come to mind here as another economic version of this. And And it, it really posits all existence as violence, violence in itself. And I, you know, couldn't push back more here, especially in the sake that money is not a representation of these dialectical, violent encounters these contradictions but actually is actively organizing encounters before any encounter before any phenomenological encounter and this is truly the guiding spirit of my work is to enmesh all of these encounters within a context and a milieu of a meta physics that is monetary right not metaphysics as god not metaphysics as heaven Right? Not metaphysics as contradiction with physics, but metaphysics as the ongoing problem of all physics. And so, I mean, there's so many different ramifications for this. I mean, we can think in psychoanalysis, right? We can think about lack. Your brain is not a defect, right? (laughs) The way we interact as difference is not a defect is not doesn't need to be synthesized there is room opening and it's not that there's only difference becoming to go delusian right it's not only difference totally atomized in itself but that the meta milieu of social relations that is money are actively organizing violence they're actively organizing difference they're actively eliminating difference. And this is politicizable. This is not the law, the one law of universal attraction as force. We're not atoms running into each other. right? We have agency and political agency over the ways in which our encounters are constructed. It's not a contradiction. We can think one and many at once without subsuming one to the other. This is... This is incredibly important to me, and I I hope you can feel the passion. And it's something I'm going to return to over and over in this series. And so for now, I'll leave it with that, and we can pick this up more tomorrow. Have a good one.